Podcasting from Hartford, you're listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast, your place for all things Connecticut sports. And here is your host, Jared Cutler. This episode is brought to you by the Boneyard Huskies Club. The Boneyard Huskies Club empowers UConn student-athletes while providing UConn fans with access to exclusive community, utility, and rewards. Purchase of collectibles featuring your favorite student-athletes directly supports the athletes since they receive a majority of the revenue. For more information, go to BoneyardHuskiesClub.com. That's Huskies with a YZ at the end. Joining me today, we've got Dennis House from WTNH. He's been covering a story that's of interest to myself here, and and I'm sure a lot of you listening and and watching here, and that's the possibility of the Whalers, or at least the Coyotes, returning to uh, making their way to Hartford. So, Dennis, thanks so much for joining me to talk about this a little bit. Well, great to be back on your awesome podcast, Jared. Thanks, Dennis. Thanks. Always, always happy to have you on. So let's start with this. Give me kind of the 30,000 foot view of this story. We we saw the Coyotes have been experiencing their troubles in Arizona. Of course, anytime there's a hockey team that's experiencing a location issue, Hartford always gets thrown out there. Let's bring back the Whalers. So give us a little bit of that high level overview of where things have gone with this story here. So the Arizona Coyotes, who used to be the Phoenix Coyotes, are having trouble getting a new arena in Arizona. And voters in Tempe, which is right outside the city, voted down spending taxpayer money on a new arena for them to play. So that led to all this talk as to where they would go. Now, Phoenix is a much bigger television market than Hartford. So in theory, the NHL would love to have an NHL team in Phoenix. People in Arizona, though, don't grow up playing hockey. You know, not every high school has a hockey team. In fact, I, you know, I, I don't know how many do, but out here, everybody does, right? Almost every high school's got some sort of a hockey team or one that you can play in the next town. So the fan base who goes there, they, they go there more for entertainment. There might be some hockey fans and there's a lot of transplants from colder climes, but there aren't a lot of kids growing up playing hockey. there saying, hey, let's go watch the Coyotes. And as a result, they just aren't attracting big numbers. So as these conversations get started, it it seems like these stories always go in a a few different directions in terms of what's needed to bring a team back to Hartford. So I'll start with kind of the easy one, and they need someone who's willing to move the team to Hartford. I know in your conversations with the governor, he mentioned a a potential ownership group that he has on the line. Do you have any insight into that and and what that might look like? So... Everyone I've ever spoken to who knows anything about professional sports has said the one thing that Hartford would need, even before they're considered, is an ownership group in place to take ownership of a team. Now, an expansion team costs millions, right? Yeah. And to buy a team and move it here would also cost millions. There are fees and relocation uh, monies that you have to shell out the whole bit. So you need someone who has a lot of money. We're not talking a multimillionaire. We're talking about a billionaire. You need, or at least a group of some that total that figure of more than $1 billion. Now the governor said that he has a group. And in our interview last week on This Week in Connecticut and WTNH, I asked him, are these people prepared to lose money? And he said, he knows what these people know what they're getting into, but he refused to divulge them. He does say he knows them personally. So we know that. Um, I'm guessing that they're local in some respect, somewhere in Connecticut mm-hmm. or nearby, maybe somebody, maybe New York, maybe they want to own a team. You know, owning a professional team, when you talk to former owners like Richard Gordon, it's pretty cool to own a team, right? I yeah. mean, wouldn't you love to own one? I'd love to own one. Yeah. And 
if someone said, hey, you can get whatever team in some place, I'd probably, you know, and if I had the money to do it, I'd probably get in, right? Tom Brady. I'd be the same. Get into yeah. the Raiders, you know? <laughs> so um, you need people who really want to love doing it and don't mind losing some money because according to Richard Gordon, most of the NHL teams do lose money. Mm-hmm. And you start to make a lot of money when you make the playoffs and, it's, and of course, the Stanley Cup. Go from the ownership group and in having that in place, I think the next piece of the puzzle is, is having a place to play. And the XL Center has just been a topic of debate for a number of years here. I, I know they recently uh, just passed $80 million that'll go towards some renovations to the XL Center. But what was the governor saying about the potential of, of further uh, redevelopment of the XL Center in order to attract a team? So the state legislature has approved $80 million to improve the XL Center, and that is to put in new boxes and new locker rooms and things like that. So it could be a stopgap measure for an NHL team once that is all done. But I asked him if that was enough for an NHL team, and he said no. But he did say that if we do get an NHL team, they'll make it happen. And the options are perhaps retrofitting, Mm-hmm. The XL Center really gutting it down to the bare bones. Maybe you knock down the Hilton next door. Uh, it's an older hotel. Uh, who knows? You know, maybe, but you yeah. find room to do it, right? The, you know, the, this if if you want to keep it there, or you look for another location somewhere in Hartford and you build it there and you play at the XL Center while that's being done. Uh, but the governor did say that if they get a team, they'll get a either a new arena or a newly retrofitted arena. There's always been that debate of, of what to do with Excel, how much to invest in it. Obviously, we've, we've seen what UConn's done. We see these stories about, you know, the potential of, of an NHL team. Do you think some of that kind of uh, the ideas that, hey, maybe we shouldn't be investing in this or do we really need the Excel Center? You start to chip away at those detractors there and, and start to get people on board with the importance of an arena downtown and, and what it could bring to the city. Well, it could bring a lot of people downtown. It could bring a lot of events. If you remember now, when I first moved here, and I'll tell you a little story. So I, I started in Connecticut in 1992, and I was working in Grand Rapids, Kalamazoo, Battle Creek, that market in mm-hmm. Michigan. And I had interviewed in Cleveland, and I had interviewed in um, in Hartford. I had two job offers. And the thing that really persuaded me, I wanted to go to a major league city. Mm-hmm. And at the time... The XL Center also was hosting the Celtics four times a year. It was called the Hartford Civic Center then. Yeah. And the Celtics played four regular season games there. And the Whalers, of course, were there. Uh, every major concert went to the XL Center, which was, again, the Hartford Civic Center. And so if the Whalers weren't here, I probably would have taken that job in Cleveland. I know I would have yeah. because I, I would have <laughs> wanted to go to it, to it, even though I was from Boston. I'm yeah. excited to be getting back here. But but I really wanted to be in a city where, uh, where I could go to some games. And uh, I did go to Celtics games and uh, Whalers games. And I remember when I worked at Channel 3, uh, there were people who would have tickets and they'd always last minute, can you go? Yeah. So it, it was really something that I, I have very fond memories of. So I would like to see that return and the feeling that everybody had for it. And um, it, it's just... Um, yeah, I, I, I do personally think that it would, uh, you know, it brings extra prestige. It does bring lots of people downtown to go to restaurants. It brings stores and things like that. When the Whalers were uh, there, you know, there was a gap downtown. Yeah. That mall was full of stores. There were a lot of things going on. Um, 
and there are other factors in the mall's demise, uh, in addition to the whalers leaving. But uh, but but back to your central question, um, you know, the Yukon Huskies just won the national championship. Yeah. They need a better situation to play in too, right? Yeah. Uh, NCAA teams have complained about the situation at the XL Center. Gamble Pavilion is too small. Uh, I don't think the people in stores are ever going to really allow a bigger venue there um, with 15,000 cars coming in. They don't like the 8,000 yeah. cars coming in, right? Yeah. Uh, now, it would be better for students, sure, but it's uh, it's it's a lot of the UConn alumni, and UConn is difficult to get to if you live in a Stanford or even in New Haven or um, even Hartford. It can be, it's, yeah. you know, there aren't a major roads to get there. And so uh, UConn playing their games downtown makes a lot of sense. And they need a bigger venue as well. So it, it might just be that if this all happens at the timing that, that everything's coming together at once where the Coyotes are in trouble. So there might be a team available. Yeah. Um, and also the UConn would like a new arena as well. I'm going to take a quick break from the interview to tell you about my friends at Martin Rosol's Meats. This fourth generation Connecticut family business produces kielbasa, hot dogs, sausages, and deli meats using Martin Rosol's very own original recipes. Their products can be found in grocery stores, delis, restaurants, and hot dog stands throughout the state. And if you're looking for your fill right away, check out their retail store in New Britain. For more information, visit martinrosolsinc.com and go support a UConn fan-owned business. And now, back to the interview. At the building, we talk about the ownership group, but you ultimately will need the approval of, of one person in particular, and that's Gary Bettman in the in the NHL, uh, the commissioner there. I know the governor has spoken with him. What do you... What, what do you get the sense that those conversations were like, uh, you know, as he was speaking to him and, and broaching the idea of coming back to Hartford? So I don't think Hartford's Gary Bettman's first choice. Yeah. Um, but maybe they, ex- you know, maybe let's just say, you know, because he would like a team in which were Salt Lake City I was reading or yeah. Portland, Oregon. He wants to expand to some places where they aren't right now. Hartford is the 30 third biggest television market in the country. There was an article out there that said with the 24th, that's incorrect. We are the 33rd. We used to be uh, in the 20s, but uh, that is due in part to Connecticut losing some population and also mm-hmm. some of the other places really growing. You know, Las Vegas, tons of you know people are moving there all the time. Uh, the f- cities in Florida have all grown. The cities in Texas have all grown. North yeah. Carolina. So all those markets that used to be smaller are now I mean, jumping. You know, like San Antonio yeah. is, is, a, is a rather big city and you know rather big television market. So is Portland, Oregon. Um, but so. If the NHL says, let's add, let's add, let's give a team to Hartford and three expansion teams or whatever, who knows? Yeah. Um, that could be a solution where you do get a good regional rivalry going between Hartford and the New York teams and, um, and Boston. And, you know, a lot of Bruins and Rangers fans can't go to games because, yeah. you know, they, they live an hour out. It's expensive to go to New York. It's difficult. So I don't think it would be a bad thing to have a Hartford Whalers fan base and also attracting some fans regional. from the other as well so i'll I'll wrap with this one for you i feel like we've heard overtures of the nhl coming back to hartford but i feel like this is the first time and i'm not saying it's going to happen but it feels like it has some bit of momentum behind it what what are your thoughts on that because for me just from hearing all this the conversations that are ongoing hearing that there might be an ownership group in place again not saying that it's going to happen but if there if it was going to happen it seems like the pieces are at least falling into place a little better this time than they have in the past. Yeah. You know, the one thing that, uh, that I, I think Hartford has going against it and, you know, this is a long shot. Let's be perfectly yeah. clear. Right. Yeah. Um, 
you know, they lost a team. Anytime you lose a team, it's uh, there's not always a rush to run back and put one there. Um, there have been some exceptions over the years, you know, uh, Baltimore's lost teams and uh, Cleveland has lost teams, yeah. and, you know, but um, uh, for Hartford, they lost a team. There was some declining fan base uh, that there's getting a television network might be a little bit difficult here. Mm-hmm. Um, fewer people are watching them on television. So they're not is, is those television contracts aren't worth what they used to be. Right. Um, you know, whereas Boston, New York, they, they can kind of, you know, they make a lot of money off the TV contract. So that would be one detriment. But I will say that I think that um, having the ownership group in place is, is very serious. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't think the governor has, you know, put together some ramshackle group of people. Right. Hey, let's all pitch in. Are we up to there yet? Are we up to a billion yet? No. I, I, I think these are serious people with serious money. Um, he knows those people. Um, uh, his wife knows these people. Uh, so I, I think that the ownership thing is the big question, um, but also the big ad, right, for Hartford. Um, there are a couple of things. Number one, it used to be that the Hartford Whalers, even a couple of years ago, were the seventh best selling NHL merchandise. Yeah. Now, whether that's still true, but that says something that people are still buying the merchandise seven years later. So my guess is, and I don't know how it all works, but that if the team got here, if the Coyotes moved here, they would become the Whalers. And well, that would be one of the things. It's when when the Browns moved, you were probably not even born yet, but uh, <laughs> when the Browns, when the Cleveland Browns moved to Baltimore, um, they were not allowed to take the Browns name um, and the Brown colors. They were told that they had to wait. And then uh, the Browns were given an expansion team later. Interesting. So but, the, the, yeah. the Browns own all the records and things like that. But really the actual Browns team is the Baltimore, the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens. I mean, all those players are gone, yeah. but the same players who were on the Browns for years went to the Ravens. Ravens. Yeah. Um, and then they were told you cannot keep, you must find a new name for them. And that's where the Baltimore Ravens came from. No, it's it's a really interesting story. I know anyone here who's a sports fan or even just, even just a casual uh, person, a uh, sports person looking for some entertainment out there always gets their interest piqued by this story here. And it seems to come up from time to time. So uh, Dennis, I really appreciate you taking some time to to break this down for us. And I, I hope everyone tunes into WTNH. I, I'm, you've done a great job with this. And I'm sure there's going to be hopefully more to come from you on this. Uh, if, if things we do. Progress. We have more interviews coming up. So I will tell you that. Uh, stay with us, uh, particularly on my Sunday show this week in Connecticut, Sunday mornings at 10 on WTNH. We will have some more uh, hockey and Whalers uh, stuff coming up. I got some stuff uh, uh, simmering on the stove right now. There we go. I, I like it. Well, Dennis, thanks again. I really appreciate it. Jared, always a pleasure. And, uh, you know, I've known you for a while and I'm super proud of how far you've come with this podcast. And so oh, keep up thanks. the great work. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast with Jared Cutler. If you like the show and want to know more, check out the podcast on Twitter at CT Scoreboard Pod, the host at Jared Cutler, and find us on Facebook at the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast. Finally, if you enjoy what you're listening to, rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks again for listening.